Right. It is good to have everybody in the house of the Lord. As you're finding a seat, I just want to quickly jump in. From where we are to where we're going, we got a long ways to cover in a short amount of time. Kind of sounds like uh, Smokey and the Bandit or something. I don't know. All right. Let's pray. Father, today... As we enter in your word, Father, help us through your word to stabilize us. Father, as we're on the path, we're in the right lane. Father, help us to stay there. Father, your word corrects us and reminds us of the things that we need to do and say and be as children of God. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to start out by just asking a little survey. Uh, how many people, I'm not asking if you're on it every day or every hour or every minute, but if you have a Facebook account, let me see your hand. All right. Do you, do you know what's good about Facebook? Do you, do you know what's wrong? Let's, let's go there. Well, what's good is people on Facebook today can watch us from home. And, uh, but, but the thing about Facebook, have you noticed that um, when, when, I, when I have a season where maybe I have some downtime and, you know, there, there's always got to be something that's filling my, my, my time. And I look at my phone or I'm on my computer and I'm looking through have you ever been in this place where you look and you start looking at people and what they're doing? Because some people will post what they had for dinner last night, their new haircut, their their new car, their, their pretty kids, their vacation, and you go, I've been to that place, but it didn't look so good when I went. Whoa, that little kid is so cute. When, why wasn't our kids that cute? And, and you begin to compare. And, and the, today we're in the series, The Vortex. And it's the emotions that try to drag us in. Try to drag us in because we know, as people of God, that even though God has given us emotions, we do not let them put us in motion, especially the negative emotions. Now, last week we talked about shame and the, our guilt, and then shame the week before that. And, and today we're going to get we're going to get some we're going to just get busy on the subject of envy. Now, envy another word for envy could be jealousy, something that keeps us stirred up on the inside that we just don't have enough. That we're always kind of in that idea of complaining because somebody else has a little bit better. Now remember, when you, when you come to church, it's a time of celebration of what you experience during the week, that you can come together in our community and, and we can celebrate, and that's why worship is so important because a lot of times we're in a culture that, that things that come out of our mouth aren't always pleasing to God, even though we're a follower of God. And to be a disciple of God is a whole other step because just being a believer is one thing. But to be a follower... And then to be a disciple, a disciplined learner of Jesus Christ 
Well, that's a whole nother level. And if you've been alive very long, you know that all of us have a desire to be, you ready? Happy. And, and whatever we get into a state that makes us happy, we want to repeat that. So, so I want to just, again, state that whatever gets your attention, hey, has anybody ever did that? And you go, oh, hey. If you're walking down the mall or at the hospital or at the airport and someone says, hey, stupid, don't turn around. That's not you. Distractions try to get our attention, and whatever gets our attention gets our focus. And really, come on. Whatever has our focus determines our direction. So this morning when we're talking about coming to church and being disciplined learners, you know, we talked about the, the uh, spaceship and how they have a, a stabilizing effect where they can fire the engines to keep that space shuttle or spacecraft on the right track. This morning, I'm not saying that you're off the right track, but let's just, come on, just, just for a minute. Let's all just be honest with ourselves. It is easy, isn't it, to get distractions in our life and get us a little bit, our, our focus off of what we should be doing? Sometimes with Facebook, that, that's what happens. We get on Facebook, and I, I'm not saying go home and delete your profile. Just be careful. Because what happens is, after a while, we begin to become, well, have you ever noticed that? Did you know Lisa Cruz has this stool, and, and it looks so nice. My stool isn't like that. Whatever they have, we think that, well, why don't I have that? Somebody celebrates something in their life, and we go, well, I don't know if I can celebrate with them. I don't, I don't know if that's an advantage to me because I'm in competition with that person. And here's what's so sad is that person doesn't even know that you're competing with them. Now, this morning, as we're in this, I'm going to talk about what the Word of God says, and then we're going to have a time of teaching and, and have some very practical things that we can put in place in a very short time. If you have a notebook, get it out. If you have a phone and you can write on the memo pad, okay, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Turn that back on. I know that they probably have to reboot. I kind of feel like the Academy Awards where they start the music like you're done. We're not doing that. It's coming. All right. All right. All right. I'd fire him in the sound booth if I paid him anything. I'm kidding. Technology is wonderful. Now, this morning, as we, we've gone through this, uh, the, the series on Vortex, and the, the whole series started, remember, with strongholds that can be built in our life, one block on top of the other, and that is a way that the enemy can hide behind those strongholds in our life if we allow those strongholds to develop. And a lot of times it's the emotions that come into our life that create that. Now, the, the verse that we talked about or the passage is when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were always looking at some way to kind of trip him up. And, you know, I'm sure that they didn't get it. You can't trip up God. But, but they were trying to. And they were saying, you know, because of our, our verbal traditions that have been passed down, you're, you're going against it from not ceremonially washing your hands before you eat. And, and Jesus says, come on, guys. It's not what goes into the mouth 
because that goes out of the body. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles the person. It's what comes out of the mouth that is in the heart that defiles the person. What we've been talking about through these emotions are things that go into our heart that come out of what we do and what we say. Those toxic thoughts that we don't cast out, cast out sounds like a demon, that we don't get out, okay? I'm not talking about demons or evil spirits. I'm just talking about you. I believe there's a heaven and a hell. I believe that there's a Satan. But listen, a lot of times our biggest enemy is ourself. We'd like to blame it on the enemy. I'm sure he stirs it up and tries to get us going. But at the same time, it's you and I that have the responsibility to check it, to check it at the door and say, you're not going to control me. So here, here's where I want you to go. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. This guy is Solomon, probably the smartest man that ever lived besides Jesus. And he came up with this conclusion. And he said it like this, ready? Envy rots the bones. That, that's pretty hard, isn't it? Why is it? Because there's always going to be somebody that has something better than you. Have we all come to that conclusion yet? See, there might be somebody here saying, well, I'm young. I've, I'm going to... Let me just tell you, there's always someone with a bigger house, faster car, more money, cuter kids, and all those things that come into your life. If you continue to follow on the, the path of envy or jealousy, it is an obstacle and more and more obstacles to overcome. Now, if we're all pursuing happiness in our life as a follower of God, God put us in the right place at the right time to bring about all that you have for us. Do we understand in taking those levels higher? In other words, achieving the purpose of what God has put in our hearts. When we talk about the Holy Spirit guiding our lives, today you're going to see practical things, how to do that, but at the same time, things like envy to stay away from. If envy, Solomon says, rots the bones, then, then what is the next step? Here it is, ready for the... The wisdom of the ages. Knock it off. <laughs> You're dismissed. Drop the microphone. Okay, there it is. Because what, what we've all found out is that envy is not just a problem to be solved, but it's a tension that has to be managed. You, you can be free of envy today. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You can confess that. But it is a constant temptation in a believer's life as well as anybody's life to, to, to compare, to compete against somebody else. And, and we think that that's such a motivation, but it's not. It rots the bones. You know, the, last week when we talked about uh, guilt and how guilt, as well as all these emotions that we're talking about, we're going to be talking about fear and anger and lust, and we've already talked about guilt and shame. But all those emotions that come into our lives, it, it, I, I bought this copy paper from Walmart the other day, and I carried it in again this morning, and I, I realized that I, have you ever done this with a suitcase or something, and you kind of you have this posture where you're kind of, compensating you know this right here don't feel as good but you got to kind of compensate over here because you're out of balance 
the emotions that we've been talking about and will talk about, they get us out of balance. And then we start overcompensating in areas of our life like our parenting, in our marriage, in our position at work, in the roles that we play because what? We have that kind of emotion in our life and we're trying to cover it up. We're trying to compensate and say, you know what? I I can still have that in my bones and not let it rot me. But you're fooling yourself. There's no finish line. There's no peace in envy and jealousy. There's always going to be an err. You know what I'm talking about on that? They have a bigger house. Cuter kids. Faster cars. Nicer assets. Let me, let me show you what his how to regain balance. And this is Solomon in Ecclesiastics chapter 4, verse 4. He's making an observation because here he is and he's a doer, Solomon. And he puts it this way. I saw that all the toil and achievement spring from one person's envy of another. In other words, 3,000 years ago, they were comparing themselves just like we do today. He says, this too is meaningless. You and I would say, it's crazy. What is everybody doing? It's worthless. Then he gives us a word picture that sums it up. It's like chasing after the wind. Now, isn't that a funny word picture when you think about it? Chasing after the wind. The other day, I was at the bank, and... uh, It was just this Providence Bank that I do some banking at. And the lady, I had gotten, that's right, $1,000. Some of you didn't know I was a thousand heir, but I am. And she gave me 10 $100 bills. And I don't know if it was whatever, but when I took it from her, it it, slipped out of my hand blew out of my hand, I don't know, it just went out of my hand, and onto the parking lot. It was a windy day. And I'm telling you, I'm going for it, baby. Because I know one of you is out there in the parking lot going to grab one of my $100 bills. I didn't but it was foolish looking because I was chasing after something. I wasn't chasing after the wind, but Solomon says, when you're an envious person and you're going at it, it's just, it's as crazy as chasing after the wind. Now, now listen to this. I, I want you to see in, in, in that passage, it, he says it's like chasing the wind. And uh, let me see here. I, I got my... Got my notes out of order here. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 5, it says, Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. So he's not talking because a lot of times when we think about uh, not comparing or not competing, it's almost like a lot of people get the assumption that what we're talking about is not working and being foolish. See, Solomon was a doer and he built a lot of things and he experienced a lot of life. So he wasn't talking about that. He says, fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. 
but better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Do, do you hear what he's saying? He's saying one hand of tranquility, satisfaction, a peace in your life. See, we're in Texas, and the more means better. Amen? Not necessarily. When you have contentment with one hand, in, in other words, trying to get all this stuff and competing and comparing, a lot of times it will bring a dissatisfaction to our life. I heard a story about a, a man, and this is one of my famous stories that I always think about in my own mind is famous. I'm not talking about I'm known for it, but this is one of my top stories that I remind myself because I'm a doer. And I fight against comparing and competing all the time. And I, I remember someone, I don't know if I read this, but it just rings a bell every time I think about it. It was about a, uh, an older businessman in his 60s, and, and he had he'd gone on a fishing trip, a chartered fishing trip, and he, he caught some fish, and he was getting back to the dock, and he got off of the boat onto the dock, and he looked at a young, me, a young man laying on the dock. He was taking a nap. His hat was pulled down. And so the older man introduced himself and said, so what do you do for a living? And the younger man said, I'm a, I'm a shrimper. And he says, I've already been out today and caught a load of shrimp, and, and I'm done for the day. And the older man said, what? Why are you done for the day? He said, you could be out there working still. And the young man said, why? He said, because if you were out there working, you'd make more money and you could buy another boat. And the younger man said, why? He said, because if you, if you made more money and you had more boats, you could one day stop working and take it easy. In which the younger man said, that's what I'm doing now. Now, if you're older, you probably were amen in the older man until the end. And if you're a younger man, you're probably going, yeah, yeah. It, it's a balance. It's not saying that you're at home, as he said, as a fool, folds their hands and ruins themselves. But at the same time, here's where we go, and here's the question that he asked, and the question that I have to ask myself is, and I ask, I should ask you to ask yourself, in the next verse, in verse number 8, he says this, For who am I toiling? In other words, who am I working for? Now right now when I said that, maybe there's a face that came to your mind. Because a lot of men would say, I work for my family. And I would say, really? Your children are going, Dad, I need you to get out there and work another hour or two. Because if we boil it down, a lot of times the family would say, we'd much rather you be at home. But it goes even deeper than that, I think, that sometimes we get to a place where we go, I'm working for this or I'm doing this for this. But the question that I want to ask you is, who are you working for? Because sometimes it's a, it's a hidden voice. Or it's a voice that we have heard growing up, maybe from a father or a mother, or, or a, maybe it's a com competition with a sibling. Or, or somebody that did us wrong, and boy, we're going to beat them. 
Who are you working for? What is it that you're striving for? And he goes to this part of the question that says, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? He wraps it up by saying, you know, the guy didn't even enjoy his life, but he was working so hard. Solomon says, this too is meaningless, a miserable business. Again, envy and comparing, jealousy and and, and competition can be so distracting, it gets us off of where we should be. Now, now I want to wrap up almost, this part of the message by looking at Proverbs 14, verse 30, which is the rest of the part about rotting your bones. He says, a heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So you can't win by chasing the wind. You can't be successful. You can't go to another level. You can't go to the place where we all want to be in in God, and that is happy, content, satisfied. It's amazing. One of these days, I want to do a video. And and if you can do a kind of a, hear me in a word picture is, have you ever seen runners run in a race on a track, and they have the lines, and and the gun goes off, bang, and they're running in their lane? But wouldn't it be funny to have a video where somebody is just drifting over into other people's lanes so they are thinking they can't get around them? Is it running? The Word of God keeps us in our lane. It keeps us on the right track. And and when you hear verses like this and it speaks to you, then who are you tolling for? What are you going to do when you get the content that it's a process in your life of working it out. Now, I want to ask our ushers to hand out some sheets of paper. Because in in this whole subject of envy, I, I want to ask you to look for people in your life that inspire you, that you don't imitate, but they inspire you. In other words, here's a quote from Jordan Peterson. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Isn't that good? Let me say it again. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. I like this quote. Count your blessings, not your neighbors. Can we, before we get into the second part, can we just say what our confession is? We're going to say together, envy, you will not control me. Can we say that together? Envy, you will not control me. All right. This morning, if you have this sheet of paper and you have a pen, I'm going to give you some of these blanks and and have a time of just teaching because it's so important to know not to do something. But here's what I want you to know is an encouragement of what to do. This, as we get to another place in our walk with God, that we realize, God, I want to go further, not, you know, not just in life, but further with you. I want to give you some things that are, you know, they're going to look at, you're going to look at and go, well, that's some work, and that's right. Before you leave this place, I want to give you something to work on. Now, 
A lot of times we've been raised in a culture that you're going to be, try to be the best in your class. You're going to be the fastest runner. Now, there's nothing wrong about striving for greatness. I'm not saying that. But a lot of times what we do in our culture is that we have bought into lie. And here's the deception. The su- success is a zero-sum game. In other words, either you're number one or you're a loser. And all of a sudden that brings inner strife within us. I know that a lot of times we have a scarcity men- mentality or mindset. Did you hear that? A scarcity? And really what that is is when you think that life and prosperity is like a pie. Think about this. And if that person over there has a bigger piece of the pie than you, then you won't ever have the ability to reach greatness. But see, as a follower of God, we have to realize that not to have a scarcity mindset, but to have a prosperity mindset that says God is able to take care of me. God has given me a a purpose in my life. In other words, you get to the place where you can always get a better picture of your your car, crop it, put a better filter on it, or you can go, no. You know, I want to get into this, but but listen, a, a lot of times in our society, and maybe you've been taught this, if somebody is getting ahead, try to knock them down a few pegs. That, that's not who we are as Christians. We went to Honduras on a missions trip. And at the missions trip, I talked to the director about the people of Honduras and, and the poverty. And he told me something that was just shocking. He said, he said, John, he said, here's the deal. A lot of times in the culture, that it, it's, it's kind of like a bucket of lobsters. And one of them is about ready to claw his way to the top and get out of the bucket, and all the lobsters in the bucket, other than him, grab him and pull him back down into the bucket. That's being envious. That's competing. That's comparing. But listen, the more we help others succeed, listen, the more resources they can gain, and therefore we do too. They experience skills and opportunities. They, they get to go in, and there's a loop. That loop comes back to us as a blessing. Has, has anybody jumped on a trampoline before? Let me see your hands. I know it's embarrassing to say, yeah, okay, I've jumped on a trampoline. Have you ever jumped on a trampoline with somebody else? It, it's called a super bounce. You ha- bounce higher because of two people than yourself. That's what we're talking about just in the next few minutes before we wrap this up. So again, look at these notes real quick. There's a time for everything. I believe there's a time today for planting. So so we're going to use the acrostic seeds. Planting seeds that's going to come up in our life to combat envy and again that tension that's a temptation to follow. If you have a pen, the first one is surround Surround yourself with people to inspire. This morning, I want to encourage you to surround yourself with people that inspire you, but also people of diversity, not just people like yourself. That's why it's important even to come to church. That's why during small groups, even if it's online, can I get an amen? 
well, it's not like in person. I understand that. But still, surrounding yourself with people and even people of diversity. Now, these are the three things that I put down for you. You need these three kinds of people in your life. Pillars, those people that will support you. Hopefully, it's your family. Tough times are going to come, but they're going to go too. The more pillars you have in your life, the better. Also, people that are considered as bridges, those are people to connect you to new opportunities. And then extenders who will push you out of your comfort zone. And I want to encourage you to focus more on giving than taking. Do do you know how it starts? It starts with conversations. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not a real talker. I'm kind of shy. And I... Hey, you gotta you gotta change that. And, and I'm encouraging. Maybe you 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 were raised in a family that allowed that to happen. But what I'm encouraging you to do is take a step and say hello. And the more that you start a conversation, the more there's a relationship that starts, and these people come into your life and around your life. Don't buy in the fact I've got enough friends. No, you will never have enough people in your life. All right, for all the sanguines. Can I get an amen? All right. The second one is expand. This is who you are as a child of God. That you need to realize that you're a leader. Well, I'm not a leader. Leadership is influence. And God has called us to go into all the world and preach the good news. And as a leader, as an influencer, you have to recognize that you can bring positive change to a dark situation. Again, I've got their focus on your identity as a child of God, having meaning. Now, now this is hard a lot of times because at the end of the day, you're going like, I I don't know if I really did anything. And I've got down there, journal every day, just two minutes. Make it easy. We went through the whole deal on habits, and a lot of times people go, you know, I just don't have enough time. Two minutes. At the end of the day, we're going to talk about it at the end of this little page here, but journaling is very important so that you can, again, recall those meaningful moments during your day. As soon as you do that on a habit basis, what will happen is you'll recognize them when they come even greater than you will when you start. The next one is enhance. Now, now this is something that's going to be a little bit maybe counterintuitive. Enhance people with the right kind of praise. This this will combat, combat envy and jealousy coming into your life. And encourage other people to do the same thing. I put this down. When people hear that they can succeed, they become attached to the idea. Has anybody ever encouraged you and said, you can do that? All of a sudden you kind of go, really? I I can do that? I'm attached to it. And then it says the attachment fuels them to strive for the success because someone believed in you. I remember when I've started adventures in my life, and let me tell you, I've started, I've raised chickens, and I've I've grown grapes, and I've, I've, I'm a, yeah. Miniature Texas Longhorns, not salsa, but they're for sale on the back. All right. But I've done all these adventures, and, and I go to Gwen and kind of start out by, you know, kind of 
pinging her. You know, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about she, You can do it. Really? Well, I knew I could. I just want to know if you thought I could. But <laughs> Do you know that they, they've taken a, a survey in, in groups of 100, and typically 31% of the people in that group, if you're a leader, listen to this. Everybody that, I'm not, oh no, you are. In a group of 100, 31%, 31 people are encouragers, but they're quiet people. They call them the hidden 31. I'm telling you as believers, part of our church, if you need to be deputized, whatever, I got the authority to deputize you, stop being quiet about it. Praise people. Here's the thing, as you see there, don't wait for a win. Look for something good that's going on in their life and praise that behavior. Say, man, I appreciate you. People are looking for that. I'm looking for that. When only three people said that was a good sermon today. <laughs> and Mark, don't count. He's my son. <laughs> All right. Now, now, this is important because all these negative distractions and emotions that come into our life, the, the, the D in seeds stands for defend. This is so important. Defend against negativity. We're surrounded by it. Redirect it and then walk away. I've got an illustration. We inhale negativity like secondhand smoke. You, you might not be negative, but you'll be around and pick up on negative emotions from people, and all of a sudden you don't even realize it, but you have less confidence in what you're doing. And, and, and we're living in a time period with COVID. In, uh, somebody went, uh, I'm at church. All right, here we go. Again, when, when you're striving for things in your life, what, what are you striving for? To allow the fruit of the Spirit to take hold? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All these distractions, these negative emotions and negativity will begin, begin that stronghold to keep you from that place. So if we're talking about defending, let, let's talk about just real quick in, in ancient times you know the stronghold the castle the the place where you know that you could run to, to re-equip they also would have in a defensive mode a moat that would go around the castle and what that moat was for is to delay the attackers in getting to that stronghold the good stronghold so so here's here's what i want to encourage you to do now, now, this is going to be work for some of you, and some of you, it's no big deal at all. Watch what goes into your brain first thing in the morning when you get out of bed and right before you go to bed. In the middle of the night, some of us get up to use the restroom or whatever, and you're, you have a busy mind. They've proven that a, a, a mind at rest will typically lean to the negative. And why is that? I believe it's because we're in a culture of negativity. And if you do not have a plan to defend yourself 
against negativity. You know, the negative emotions of envy and, and guilt and shame in your life. Then you'll let that as an attacker into you. And it will come out of you. The last one is sustain. Just like defending against negativity, sustain the positive, the things that, the goodness of God in your life. Again, highlighting and celebrating every minute. Here's what I put. Taking a tour of meaning in your life because, again, we we get to a place that if we're not careful, we become negative, we become discouraged, we become hopeless. But but at the end of the day, if even if you have a, an iPhone that has a memo pad, or or you, I don't even know how to put my big fingers all over those little numbers, and I can't. Do, you, do you know there's a little mechanism down there with a microphone that you can go clink clink and speak into it? Grab one of these young people; they'll show you how to do it. If they, <laughs> grab one of these young people up here on the anyway. I heard someone clearing their throat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Again, at the end of the night, take a tour of meaning. What is it in my life that means what I'm going for? Journal that. Establish instead of negativity a, 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 a heart of gratitude, thanksgiving. God, what am I thankful for today? And then the third thing is, is those meaningful moments that's going to happen tomorrow. Visualize them. Think of them and see them as they're happening. Now, again, you say, well, John, that sounds like a lot of psychology. You know what psychology is? Things that are going up here. And what we just said is words that come in will go out. So be careful of what's going into your mind. Words change our thinking. When our thinking changes, it changes our emotions which the series is about. When our emotions change, our choices change. So, Pastor, I've been making some bad choices. What's going on in the emotion area of your life? Today, as we come to the end of this message, what, what I handed to you in this little sheet of paper I want to encourage you to read it and, and, and again, put it in your path. Put it in your way. That you don't get to a place of envying is chasing after the wind and it's all meaningless. Here's Solomon and he's got everything that a person would ever want. He has money, he has everything and he comes to the end of his life because he's gotten away from God and he says, it's all meaningless. And they believe that he could have had a, a, there could have been a resurgence in his life at the very end. And he begins to say, you know what? To sum it all up, I said it a couple weeks at Joe's memorial service. Listen to what God says and just do it. So as, as believers, as people that as you increase, I increase. I want to encourage you to see these things as very positive, not just for you, but the people that are around you in the community, not just the church, but at your work, at, at, at you know, everywhere that we go. We're shopping at Walmart. We're, we're, we're at the post office, wherever you are. You're a believer. 
You're a child of God. You stay in doubt. Even though a person that doesn't know God looks just like you, after a while they realize there's something different about you. And it's because of who's inside of you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, as we go through this series, God, I know that you have ordained this time for us. And God, comparing and competing is no. But God, in in looking at people as you look at them, as your children, that you loved them so much that you came and died for them, God, your word says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. God, we cast down envy, God, in our life. We say no, it will not control us. But God, we will walk in our lane and not compare ourselves with other people of what their purpose is for their life. Father, today I I believe that we are doers and not just hearers of your word. And Father, help us this week as your Holy Spirit reminds us to again check our lives for this negative emotion that is playing over and over in a lot of people's lives that it wouldn't be in our life. God, we ask this in your name we pray. Amen. This morning to to wrap up the service before we're dismissed, I want to encourage you to, to be givers. You know, the, the Bible says is God has blessed us with everything that we need in spiritual realms. I mean, think about it. During the time of COVID, has anybody missed a week of not eating? I, I haven't. God has blessed us. Be, be a blesser. Also realize that the last Sunday night of this month will be our worship night. We're going to come back on Sunday night and we're going to enter in into a time of worship and positive confession of what God says about us. What we say out of our mouth is so important and during these times of worship, it is critical for you and your family's life. So so remember that. I believe that is all the announcements. Why don't you stand? On your marks, get set, go get them. You're dismissed.